Welcome to the Chronically Mom podcast. We used to be the Chronically Blonde podcast, but things have changed and so have we. We are coming out of a global pandemic. I became a mom, you know, just some casual light things that have changed. But here we are. I am Michelle Pickens. I am a mom to my son, Maddox, who is nine months old now. My husband, Matt, and Maddox and I live in Baltimore, Maryland with our rescue pup, Charleston. And since my Crohn's diagnosis in 2015, I have been sharing my journey through chronic illness via my blog, Chronically Blonde. And as I have really wanted to dive into some deeper topics in the past, my mom and I have took to podcasting as a way to kind of just really get into the nitty gritty discussing things like mental health, mother-daughter relationships, eating disorder recovery. We are not afraid to dig in and talk about really anything. But as my life got crazier, I pivoted my focus to expanding our family and sharing more of that process on the blog. Of course, becoming a mom during a global pandemic was not at all what I had expected, and I found myself really leaning on the virtual community more than ever. So throughout my pregnancy and postpartum period, I did have my own share of struggles with specific things like Crohn's disease in pregnancy, um, being immunosuppressed, especially during COVID, and suffering from a perinatal mood disorder, while also tackling other more common challenges, things like your relationship changing, mom guilt, finding your new identity after having a baby and, and coming to terms with that. While I said those are common challenges, those are also equally as taxing and can really take a toll on you. But over these past two years, I just have leaned on so many women in my life to have conversations with around these often taboo topics. And I think that's really gotten me through. So through family members, new mom friends I met through social media, my therapist, I really have just taken the chance to strike up a conversation around the realities of motherhood with anyone who will listen. And after these conversations, I so often found myself just wanting to bottle up that energy and pass it along to another one of my mom friends that are kind of going through the same thing that I'm going through. They're is just something so strong about connecting with others who share your same challenges or joys or humorous moments or all of the above. (laughs) I figured why not, if I'm already having these conversations, capture that energy and pass it along to anyone who will want to listen. Like I said, I'm already having these conversations. Why not share? I'm sure if I'm interested. There are other people out there who are really aching for these same topics to be discussed and maybe just aren't comfortable going out there and striking up these random conversations, uh, but could really benefit from hearing what others have to say. So that is how the Chronically Mom podcast came to be. 
a passion project born from really wanting more authenticity and vulnerability around the mom experience. And specifically, my experiences through pregnancy with a chronic illness and a perinatal mood disorder. Uh, those have been the catalyst for my action, and those will be topics that we discuss pretty frequently here. They've actually pushed me to uh, become more educated around the parent, new parent experience, specifically the new mom experience, and I'm in training to become a certified new parent educator, so I'm hoping I can bring some value that I'm learning there to you guys through this podcast. I do have to say, and I always say this, uh, especially when I'm talking about Crohn's or chronic illness, and now especially that little ones are involved, I have to make it clear, I am not a medical professional. So any tips or advice that you take from me or any of my guests that I'm speaking to, please always consult with your doctor before implementing anything. I also am sharing what works for me and my experiences. So these are not going to be the same for everyone. And there is no shame. There should be no shame in having a different experience than mine or different experience than any other mom. I'm just sharing what works for me. And I hope that you can give me the grace to not be judgmental on your end either. Um, The last thing I'm going to say is a lot of what we're going to be discussing, it could potentially be triggering. So we're talking about mental health, traumatic birth experiences, and just some other tough topics that could not be what you need in your life right now. I totally get that. And if that's the case, I urge you to step away. If you feel it's not the right time for you to listen and then join back in when we're covering a topic that feels more in tune or in touch in line with what you feel you need at that point. So I'll try and be pretty specific around the types of triggers that may occur in each episode just so you can be informed going into it. But I wanted to at least put that out there and let you know that I'm trying to be mindful of that. Overall, I am just really excited to be back to podcasting. I found podcasts as a great way to feel connection with others, even when I'm just alone in my car for a 20-minute Starbucks run or folding laundry or up in the middle of the night breastfeeding or trying to get the baby back to sleep. And this has been really the easiest way for me to consume content. So I'm hoping that translates to you guys and it works just as well for you. We've also gotten really positive feedback in sharing some more of these deeper, more serious topics in a podcast format. So hopefully that continues and will translate here in uh, the topics that we are discussing. So I really just want you to feel like you're at a mom group through this connection that you're going to feel like hearing about what we're going to speak about. But I also want you to feel that comfort being able to just jump in for a listen whenever you feel like you need it. Sort of like calling up a best friend and getting a little validation or a pick me up without actually having to engage in social activity. So I'm sure this is going to continue to evolve over time, but I just wanted to thank you for joining me and being supportive as we kick this off. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to go on this journey with you guys. If you're looking for any 
additional information just on me or Chronically Bond in general, I uh, really recommend you head over to chronicallybond.com, which is my blog. I've been sharing my journey through Crohn's, uh, through my diagnosis, through Crohn's and pregnancy just over the past five years. There's a lot of content over there, um, along with some more lighthearted stuff too, some fashion, beauty, things like that, travel. Um, but if you're looking to, to just get some more information around my background and who I am, definitely check that out. And you can also give me a follow on Instagram at chronically blonde. That is where I update most frequently and you can see some really adorable pictures of my son because that is the majority of the content that you'll be seeing these days. So let's kick things off. I am ready to do this and I am beyond excited to be here. So thanks again, guys. Let's go. Okay, so I want to dive right in. I was, I put a lot of thought into what I wanted this first episode to touch on. And I felt like it made the most sense to share my experience um, around maternal mental health, specifically with postpartum OCD. This is something that I don't think people talk about enough. Uh, I know that postpartum depression um, or just postpartum in general is just usually referred to as postpartum depression, but postpartum OCD is the most misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed perinatal mood disorder. And it's something that I've suffered with and it can feel very isolating and it can be really challenging. So not enough people talk about it in my opinion. I am going to just share with you guys my experience. This is the first time that I'm really saying all of this out loud and sharing, um, but I am happy to be doing so because hopefully this will reach the ears of someone who needs to hear it. So my experience is a little bit interesting because I had OCD when I was younger um, and then everything was sort of at bay until the thought of having kids and expanding our family really triggered it for me. So I, even when we got our dogs, like I was, my OCD started to be triggered because I was so scared that I was responsible for them. I was terrified of something happening to them, um, or not being a proper caretaker for them. Just really anything that was out of my control. OCD really hates uncertainty and loving someone or something, a living being separate from you is the scariest, most uncertain thing. Um, so my dogs, it, that kind of made me realize some of this, um, which is sort of strange. But anyway, so when we started talking about expanding our family, I got right into therapy specifically to work through some past trauma and figure out if I really wanted to be a parent. So I knew I had to kind of clear through the fog and the doubt because my whole life up until meeting Matt, I had always said, oh, I don't want kids. I don't want kids. Um, but as I worked through my own issues, I realized that my whole life of not wanting to be a mother was not actually out of want. It was more out of fear. And 
after just feeling so uncertain about something so out of my control, it was challenging for me to think of wanting to subject myself to that. Um, I've always kind of been like that in relationships or friendships, and it's very uncomfortable, that uncertainty. But it took me about a year of doing EMDR therapy work. Um, I'm not going to go into specifically what that is, but you can Google it. We'll probably talk about it in another episode. Um, But between that and being on a higher dose of medication, or just medication in general, I started to really feel like myself again, which was amazing. So the idea of having a baby wasn't as scary. It was just the regular level of scary. Um, But I was super excited and I felt very prepared to be a mom. Um, So I got pregnant. I was sick during my pregnancy just because of having Crohn's. Um, And then COVID made things a little more difficult. My husband was working as a nurse and he was taking care of COVID patients. So we had to live apart for um, a big portion of, I guess it was my second trimester. Um, And it was, it was very weird. So I was living with my dad and my stepmom for a little, and then I was living with uh, my mom just because we were very worried uh, about me getting COVID, being pregnant and you know, we didn't know much about COVID then. Um, so that added a whole extra piece of stress there, but all in all, my anxiety was managed pretty well throughout my pregnancy. Um, my mom even said, I am so shocked that you are handling everything so well because usually that uncertainty is really triggering for me, but I kind of just, had to do it for Maddox and that that's how I felt my whole pregnancy is like I was just in fight or flight mode I think um but after having Maddox my anxiety was very overwhelming very consuming and it got difficult for me to determine what was actually reasonable anxiety and what was irrational um and I've been prepared that I might experience uh postpartum anxiety or postpartum OCD or postpartum depression. So I was on medication. I had the support in place. I was ready to go. Um, I think things were amplified a bit just because my birth experience was a bit traumatic. I won't go into it here, um, but you can read a basic overview of our birth story on the blog. Um, But I ended up having a C-section. Maddox was very briefly in the NICU. We couldn't have any additional help come in, obviously because of COVID. Um, so it, it was just not really what we were expecting. We were in the hospital longer than we expected. But I started to struggle pretty immediately with postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD. I want to take a little detour here for a second to talk about what exactly postpartum or postpartum OCD in general is, I think so many times OCD is not explained properly. So I'm just going to read directly from the Postpartum Support International website. I love this website. Their resources are great. 10 out of 10, highly recommend. Um, But symptoms of perinatal obsessive compulsive symptoms can include 
Uh, obsessions, also called intrusive thoughts, which are persistent, repetitive thoughts or mental images related to the baby. These thoughts are very upsetting and not something the woman has ever experienced before. Compulsions, where the mom may do certain things over and over again to reduce her fears and obsessions. This may include things like needing to clean constantly, checking things many times, count or reordering things. Um, a sense of horror about the obsessions, fear of being left alone with the infant, hypervigilance in protecting the infant, and the last bullet point just says moms with postpartum OCD know that their thoughts are bizarre and are very unlikely to ever act on them. So that kind of gives you a, a better overview. At this point, I'm going to talk about some um, experiences that I was having. So if this is potentially triggering for you, I suggest you step away um, and maybe revisit at the end of the podcast. But for me, I was routinely checking on him, playing out horrific scenarios where something happened to him. I was scared to drive with him or even walk down the stairs. I was really scared to be alone with him, scared of him getting sick scared of my breast milk somehow contaminating him. And just with the breastfeeding, that was a really tough time for me. Even like in situations where I would have a glass of wine, I would really obsessively check my breast milk to make sure nothing was getting in there and contaminating him. Um, I was worried about his breathing at night. It, it was a lot. And Matt was so frustrated because he didn't know how to help. He was also going through a tough time between us not being together for some of the pregnancy. We were sort of, he was kind of disconnected from the pregnancy. Um, the birth experience was not what he had expected. We couldn't really have additional support in the hospital. It was just different expectations all around. So he was suffering from his own postpartum depression. Yes, non-birthing parents can suffer from postpartum depression. I didn't know that, but I did some research, and it's actually pretty common. Um, but it was really difficult for us because I was kind of just paralyzed by fear, and he was reacting very defensively because he didn't know what to do to help me or help the situation, so he just kind of shut down. Uh, we pulled away from family and I would really only let my mom see the baby. I thought that having a smaller bubble made made me more in control, I guess. Um especially with COVID, I was so scared of of me getting sick, but not as much as I was really terrified of Maddox getting sick. Um and it, Matt also wasn't really comfortable yet sharing the struggles that he was going through with anyone. So we pulled away from his own family and it just made it so much easier to kind of isolate and hide what was going on, um, which perpetuated the issue. And we were just in a really bad, dark place as a family. So eventually we ended up meeting with Matt's family and we told them what was going on and this is going to make me cry talking about this, but it was honestly one of the best things that has ever happened for our family. Um, they were so incredibly supportive. It made 
me feel like there's a weight off my shoulders that Matt had additional support from these people who loved him, that Maddox and I had additional support, and it made my mother-in-law and I even closer. I don't know what I would do without her through dealing with this whole situation. Um, but now looking back at that time, it was we were so lonely and in our own bubble, and it makes me really sad because I was so scared to even share Maddox with anyone because I was trying to protect him. Um, and it, with COVID involved, there was actually some of that real fear, but it was hard to determine what was irrational and what was rational. So... I was seeing a psychiatrist this whole time, too. Um, she actually recommended a local mom support center. Uh, so I started weekly mom groups, group therapy, individual therapy, virtually, and it was amazing. It, I'm still doing groups, and I'm still doing therapy with them. I just felt so validated and realized that other people were going through what I was going through. It was just crazy because so many people felt like this and then we're just expected to go back to being great moms after this the biggest change in our lives especially during a global pandemic and then you know go back to work take care of themselves take care of your families um and it it just weighed really heavy on my heart seeing that these were the women who had access to support what about the ones what about the families who didn't have the access to support so it's a little backstory and kind of what sparked me to want to get more involved in this. But, um, all right, back on track to our story. So Matt started going to therapy as well, and we started to do some uh, attachment parenting sessions together with the therapist. Um, it's a program called Circle of Security. may have heard of it, may not, but I will definitely be sharing more about that because that's been a big, big game changer for us. Um and we're just talking through our issues a lot more. Relationships are a whole other piece of the puzzle because stress and parenthood highlight really any rough spots in your relationship. And it is really, really hard. Some people say it's kind of just bliss after baby, but for us it wasn't. And now I'm happy to say that we, I feel like it's made us better together and, and better parents. Um, but I do want to be transparent that it is not rainbows and butterflies all the time. Um, so where I'm at now, I still suffer from postpartum OCD and anxiety. It ebbs and flows depending on different aspects of my life. Still in therapy, still on medication. I have coping skills, coping tools that I, I'm working with. Um, and I, I'm really thankful that I went into this so prepared and was able to kind of jump on this so quickly when I realized that this stuff was coming up for me. Um, it, but to go back to, to that piece, like I, I was super open-minded and educated and coming from a family who talks about this and I, I'm passionate about mental health in general. So I was doing that research. I cannot imagine being in a situation where maybe this isn't talked about or maybe you haven't heard of postpartum OCD before and you're having these horribly scary thoughts and you're like, wow, people are going to think I'm a crazy person or not fit to be a mom. Um, and I felt like that and I feel like I was coming from a very, very supportive environment. So 
Um, that, that just, it's crazy to me. Um, I was really shameful to, to share what I was going through at first, which is weird for me because I am so open about things like Crohn's disease, health, mental health, um, my previous experience having an eating disorder. Um, but this one just, it hit really deep. Um, and I knew that now looking back at it, because I was so reluctant to share probably means that it is very important for me to share. So along with feeling shameful about experiencing postpartum OCD and postpartum anxiety, I felt a lot of guilt. Um, we've had families that are close to us and family, friends that have experienced situations that are worse than ours or experienced losses. And I felt like if I admitted that I was struggling, that it was me complaining about my situation or not being thankful. Um, but I, when I worked through this with my therapist, I, I, know that that is not the case. And when I just started to be more open about it and kind of owning it as something that I'm dealing with and it's hard, but I'm working through it, it, it's been so much better and people have been very helpful. And and the more that I share and have these conversations, the more people have opened up to me and um, shared their own experiences, which has been great. So... Right now, where we're at, I'm going through some changes in my life. I'm excited. I'm overwhelmed. And this, of course, brings up uneasy feelings and triggers anxiety or fear. Um, But I want to keep talking about it because I think it needs to be more normalized. If we can normalize these conversations, um, then hopefully people won't feel so alone and support will be more accessible. People wouldn't feel shameful to start talking to their friends about this and it can be something that the community can come and support mothers on um, instead of something where so many people are suffering in silence. I do want to quickly address some of the parallels in the chronic illness community to the maternal mental health uh, community. So it's been really kind of frustrating as I went through my pregnancy because there is just very, very little support for those who are suffering from a chronic illness and who are pregnant. And the more I started to dig, I realized that this probably stems from the fundamental issue that we are lacking a lot of support for pregnant women and moms in general. So I realize mental health is, it, it is a chronic illness and it is invisible. It can be difficult to diagnose. It can be different in everyone. And oftentimes I see it being disregarded in the same way that someone who has a chronic condition or an invisible illness, an autoimmune disease, um, how they're disregarded. So we we need more support. And it, like I said, it's just been alarming the parallels that I've seen in the misdiagnosis and lack of support in general. So I, it also is so frustrating to me because the mom's mental health is one of the key indicators of infant wellness. And if we aren't supporting our moms, how are we going to expect healthy children to be raised? 
So I know I'm just one person sharing my story, but any way that I can get the conversation going, I am going to. Whew, that was a lot. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on this journey with me and kind of diving diving in from episode one. I know it was pretty heavy. All episodes won't be this heavy, but I am happy that we started just kind of getting it out there on the table Feel free if this is something that you want to weigh in on, uh, shoot me an email at michelle at chronicallyblonde.com and we can keep the conversation going. Or if you just want to share your story, I'm here and I'm, I'm excited to listen to you. Before we wrap up the episode, I do want to share some resources if you're interested in learning more about postpartum OCD or your Um, concerned that you or someone you know might be struggling, uh, I would say the first place to check out would be Postpartum Support International. I know I mentioned that earlier in the episode, but they have a helpline that you can call. Um, It's postpartum.net is the website. They have a ton of information, links to local resources. So I would say that would be the first um, place to kind of uh, navigate to. There's also a great podcast. Um, It's the Happy as a Mother podcast. They just had a new episode that came out specifically about postpartum OCD, which was very impactful, very informative. And a book that I have that I really like is Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts, A Healing Guide to the Secret Fears of New Mothers. You can get that on Amazon. All three of those resources have been extremely helpful to me. So hopefully they can help you as well. Thank you guys for sticking with me on this one. I know it was a heavy first episode, but I wanted to just jump in the deep end and get going. Um, I am excited to be on this journey with you guys. Please drop me any feedback, any questions that you have, anything that you want to hear about in the future. And I'm really excited. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon.